0: I got a client who who has what he calls his boat fund, and we invest money for him every single month. He contributes to it, and he says if it grows, he's just gonna get a bigger boat, but he's completely comfortable with a certain level of risk, but a lot of people aren't. It's
1: time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. glad to have you back on My Retirement Clarity. I'm Ben George with Lee Perkins at JL Perkins Wealth Management there in Macon, Georgia. Lee, we had some good feedback on our last episode. If you didn't listen to it, we talked about really the sources of tension that couples often face when it comes to money and how you have to kind of talk through those, find compromise, help resolve some of those issues before you get to retirement. And we got some pretty good feedback. And I know I always appreciate the feedback we get on the show, but I think uh, we got enough feedback, Lee, to go ahead and, and roll out a few more of these because there are plenty of sources of tension when it comes to money, right?
0: Yeah, this this is pretty cool. So the first five tips that we did last week, it, it was one of our most downloaded shows in that first week. And we got, like you said, a lot of positive feedback from not only our clients, but from subscribers of the podcast as well. So we decided to let's go ahead and give out a few more tips. And again, it's just our way of trying to keep the peace at homes all over the country because... The reality is that most marriages end. uh, that do end end in fights over money, and it absolutely does not have to be that way.
1: Financial planning and couples therapy since 2014, Lee. We talked about it last time, so we're going to continue that on today. If you have questions for us, please don't hesitate to get in contact with Lee. He can act as a mediator, but also, more importantly, as a financial planner to help you get closer to retirement you can always go to talkwithlee.com. That is the best place to schedule a meeting. You can just pick a time out on Lee's calendar that works for you, and boom, you're ready to go from that point forward. So we hit five last time. I'll quickly remind you, risk tolerance, retirement age, uh, the legacy for children, retirement lifestyle, and financial management. So let's now go five bonus kind of tips here. Let's start with housing. Housing, it kind of ties in a little bit, maybe it's a lifestyle uh, a bit that we talked about last time, but where do you want to live, right? Uh, And you kind of were honest about this too, Lee, you even talked about, Hey, I might be uncomfortable living in a retirement community at some point. And and that kind of plays right into what we're talking about here.
0: Correct. And this one comes into play, I think more and more nowadays, because more people are wanting to retire to a different location, a different area than where they are now. And sometimes this causes friction between couples, because, one person wants to go and one person wants to stay. And so a lot of times in the, in this argument, or maybe it's not really an argument, but more of, of a debate, it comes down to the cost of the move. And so in the last you know two, three years or so, the price of houses has increased significantly. So sure, you, you can sell your house for probably a lot more than what it's really worth, and, and you can make some extra money on that house. But when you go to buy another house... What you're going to do is you're going to take that extra money that you just made and you're going to put it directly in the pocket of the person who's selling you the house that you're going to buy. So, you know, again, a lot of people want to move to uh, maybe a different, more desirable location. Maybe it's the beach or the mountains. And so what my clients have found out is that when they plan to move to these places, they're going to buy a much less house for the same money. And so a lot of times this doesn't really sit sit well with with folks. And And I had a client recently tell me that they wanted to move to the beach um, and they were thinking about it. But after looking, they decided they didn't want to live in a 1,500 square foot house when they were perfectly comfortable in the house that they're in now. And it's 2,800 or 3,000 square feet or whatever it is. And they they felt like they were sort of downsizing. And so kind of gets back to what I talked about in the last podcast about being too close to a spouse and not having enough space inside their own house to sort of have some distance uh sometimes and I had the same conversation with a, another couple recently and they decided not to move anywhere but instead they're just going to stay in the same house but they're going to plan to travel a little bit more and go to some different locations rather than just buying a smaller place at the beach and that that works for them so that's what they decided to do
1: yeah it's a conversation you have to have I mean there's you know, a lot of different options that are out there and, and, you know, people might want to move somewhere else May want to downsize. And as I mentioned, you you know, retirement community is a great option for a lot of people, but not for others. So sorting that out again, may not be a debate, but it could provide a little tension if you aren't on the same page
0: there. Exactly.
1: All right. Savings, Lee, emergency funds. This is a good one. And it also kind of ties into risk that we talked about earlier. What are you comfortable with? Right. Some people love having money in the bank. It makes them feel secure. It makes helps them sleep at night, keeps them from worrying, but others don't like having as much savings because the money's not working for them. So how do you help people figure out exactly how much they need to have tucked away in case of an emergency?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of the conversation around how much should be in an emergency fund really boils down to what an emergency fund actually is versus what a savings account actually is. So in my opinion, an emergency fund is for emergencies. The air conditioner goes out, that's where you would use your emergency fund. If the, the transmission goes out on your car or your roof leaks, those are, those are emergencies. Um, I would tell you don't invest your emergency fund because the purpose of this fund is not to grow. The purpose of the fund is to be there when you need it. So that needs to be in the bank where you can get to it quickly. Now, as far as the amount of your emergency fund, Different people have different thoughts here. I, I would say, depending on the complication of your, your financial life, if it's super complicated and you've got, you know, more things going on, more expenses, have a higher emergency fund. But a lot of people say six to nine months or, or 12 months of living expenses. That's completely up to you. But I always encourage couples to have a separate savings account that's for the other items. And so this is for non emergencies. And sometimes I'll refer to this as a, a trip fund or or a stuff fund. So this is where you go if you want something wh- you know whether it's a new couch or new windows or or anything like that or a re- remodeling job, something that's not an emergency and something that you can plan for. So here's where you build an additional savings account over time. So if you want to want to do a big trip and that trip's going to cost you 20 grand, but it's two years from now, plan on it. Build up that trip fund. So then the next question people ask was, should I invest my my trip or stuff fund? Different people do different things. So I would say this is optional. Uh, Some people do. Some don't want to do it. And it's really sort of a personal choice. I got a client who who has what he calls his boat fund. And we invest money for him every single month. He contributes to it. And he says if it grows, he's just going to get a bigger boat. But he's completely comfortable with a certain level of risk but a lot of people aren't
1: all oh, the boat fund i like that i think we all that is and that's, that's
0: truly it. what he calls it he when he <laughs> when he sends in emails about that he will, he refers to it as the boat fund he really does wow. he really you know <laughs> it's crazy hey folks lee perkins here if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time You know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So, we've written a book called Diffuse Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then, you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word diffuse to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. We're talking about some uh, sources of tension
1: between couples when it comes to your money. Inheritances. How do you handle inheritances? I think you can kind of look at this probably maybe a couple of ways, Lee. You know, how, what do you do if you do inherit some money from somebody? And then I guess probably too, passing along inheritances, probably there's some little bit of debate there as well.
0: Yeah. This is one I don't think a lot of people think about too often, but it does happen and it can cause tension in a relationship. Now, most of the time, what I've seen is if the wife is inheriting money from, someone, she's going to wind up having the final say over what happens with that money and vice versa. If the the husband is inheriting money from his parents or somebody, he'll have final say so. But I do think it's healthy for the relationship if they're on the same page. And, and typically this debate comes down to, should we use the money to pay off debt or should we use the money to either, you know, enhance our retirement savings or play catch up with our retirement savings. And I think this sort of depends on the situation and what financial habits the couples already have. If if they're somebody who is already consistently in debt and they've got a history of making sort of poor financial decisions, I I would tell them they need to put that money away for retirement. Because if they don't and they use the money to pay off the debt and they haven't changed their behavior, they're going to wind up in the exact same place they're in. Right now, a few years from now, and then that inheritance that was, you know, that could have been a real blessing for them is going to be gone. But if they're already doing a good job of saving money for retirement and they're in a good spot with that, then, you know, maybe they put that money, you know, put some of that to pay off their debt. Maybe they don't use it all, but they've got, if they've got debt like what I call bad debt, like credit cards or personal loans or things like that, they could certainly pay those things off. And that would certainly free up some cash flow that they could either. Used to enhance their lifestyle right now, or they could invest more for their, for their future, for their future retirement. So yeah, a couple different ways to look at it there.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. So inheritance is number three on our list here as we go through five bonus uh, areas that you need to pay attention to with your spouse. Uh, Insurance is another one. You know, how much do we need? What types of insurance are so many different types that are out there and available, um, that level of coverage and the costs, I guess, that are associated with insurance can be a contentious point.
0: Yeah, this is a kind of a big deal. And and really there's two areas with insurance that I see where people many times aren't on the same page. The first one's life insurance. So a lot of times what happens is one spouse is, has unrealistic expectations of how well off their surviving spouse will be. Uh, you know, should they you know pass away early? And I think a lot of times this comes down really, like you said, to how much premium they're paying for the life insurance. And and a lot of people have di- a difficult time sort of justifying paying for the insurance when, when they know that they're not going to be the ones who are going to be the beneficiary of it. Not always. That's not always the case. But on the flip side, a lot of times people go overboard and they tell me, hey, Lee, 100%, I want my spouse taken care of financially. When they pass away, when I pass away, I don't, I don't want them to worry about anything. But for some people that, that premium causes some friction and, and, you know, sometimes they want a little bit less death benefit and, and they're like, Hey, you know, she should be okay because she's going to get this or she's going to get that and her expenses are going to be cut in half. And when they say that, I'm like, man, we, we all know that expenses are not going to be cut in half when somebody passes away. That's, it's just not how it works, but sometimes that's an easy assumption a misassumption that people make. Um, so I think it's really critical for you to find out what the true financial impact of your death is gonna be for your spouse. And that be very realistic and when you're planning for that, planning for your insurance need, don't discount the impact of, of inflation in the future because that that's a real concern. So insurance is the first area here, life insurance. The second one that I see where people aren't on the same page uh, sort of when it comes to long-term care. And that's basically who's going to take care of us when we can no longer take care of ourselves. And so in, in reality, what happens most of the time, the husband's health declines first and, and the wife sort of wears herself out taking care of her husband before he passes away. And you can see it on her face and it, it really takes a, a real toll on that spouse who's, who's the caregiver and but what happens is when he passes away there's nobody left to take care of her when her health declines and and so what happens is that that burden usually falls on the kids and and it's not handled equally and what i mean by this is if somebody passes away and they need care and they've got four kids there's always one kid who shoulders most of of that burden and and maybe that's because somebody else lives out of town or maybe somebody's at a different age or stage in life and they've got a bunch of young kids and they don't have time to come and take care of mom. So it falls on the sibling who many times is closer to where, you know, their mom is or their dad is. And so mm-hmm. this at the end of the day causes a lot of friction or it can cause a lot of friction among the the kids and, you know, they wind up fighting over things because somebody thinks they're more deserving because they took care of mom. And, and we've all seen this play out. It, it's, it's not good, but that's something that can be avoided if they plan for it ahead of time. And again, I'm not saying that a long term care policy is, is the magic solution because it's not, but there does need to be some level of financial consideration before that happens. So talk about it way ahead of time.
1: All right. Very good. Let's, let's close out then, Lee, with one last one that can, Really caused some arguments here. I can imagine this one could, uh, could upset the other spouse if you're on the same page. And that's the spending habits. And, you know, yeah, hey, the, the biggest fear is running out of money, right? So I could see a lot of debates happening over how much somebody's spending each month.
0: Exactly. And I didn't rank this list from the from 10 to 1, kind no. of climbing up like the old Dave Letterman list. But <laughs> I, this one might be as important as any of them or maybe the most important. Because if people aren't on the same page as far as their spending habits. When when both folks are retired, this can get really messy pretty quickly. And I've seen this happen a lot because one spouse may not change their spending habits once they're both retired and they still spend money like they're getting their full paycheck while they're working. And they don't quite understand the consequence of are spending because the other spouse handles the budget or whatever that is. So to me, the best way to handle this is to go ahead and address it before retirement Talk about how you're gonna spend money, have have a budget. I think it's important for for you to have a line item in the budget for each spouse to have a certain amount of money that they can spend and do whatever they want with it, as long as it's not illegal or anything like that. I I don't care if it's $500 a month or $1,000 a month or whatever it is that you wanna spend, as long as it doesn't impact the overall family budget, it it really shouldn't matter to the other spouse what they're spending the money on. So. If if Pam and I were retired and, and I give her a thousand dollars to spend every month on whatever she wants, and then I get a thousand dollars to spend on whatever I want. And if if I want to spend a thousand dollars playing golf or pickleball or whatever, I can't get mad at her if she chooses to spend her thousand dollars a month at, at home goods or or Marshalls. Um, it, it's it's her money to do whatever she wants to do with it, and it's mine to do whatever I want to do. But if it exceeds whatever that threshold is, that's not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you got to know what your financial bandwidth is uh, for spending, especially in retirement every month. And so if you're not on the same page here, man, this is going to get very ugly, very quickly. So I I like that line item of sort of what some people will call blow money. You can blow it on whatever you want. So I think that creates uh, a healthy relationship because there's none of this nitpicking about finances.
1: Yeah, great one to close out on, and as you mentioned, maybe maybe the most important out of all the ones we talked about. But go through this list again, part one and this bonus part two, 10 different reasons and 10 different reasons why people will argue about money and, and the source of tension, especially as you get close to retirement and into retirement. So talk through these things. If you need someone to talk with to help you have that conversation and, and direct that conversation, Lee Perkins is a great option. You can always get in touch with him. Just visit talkwithlee.com. And that will be able to give you a chance to get on a schedule, find a time that works for you. Boom, you can set up that meeting. And for Lee, anyone that that does visit talkwithlee.com and goes ahead and picks out a time, what can they expect right after that?
0: Yeah, so that's, again, it's just a brief 10, 15-minute phone call for me to learn a little bit about the challenges that you're facing. And usually in that phone call, just a short amount of time, I can determine if I think it's something that we can help you with. And then we can talk about next steps that would wind up being, you know, you come in the office and we dig deeper and kind of, then we can take you through. If it, if it makes sense, we can take you through our full financial planning process, which we call the retirement clarity review, where we, you know, again, assess your, your income planning. Investment planning, healthcare planning, tax planning, legacy planning—that's kind of the five areas of retirement that most people's questions and concerns fall into. So we take you through that process, and and once we do that, and sort of show you where you are and compare that to where you want to be, then you can make a decision whether or not you want to engage our firm to help you uh, as you transition to the next phase of retirement, or if you're already in retirement, we can certainly talk about that too. So yeah, it's a pretty easy process.
1: Well, we appreciate you listening to My Retirement Clarity. Hopefully this helps you out, gives you some things to think about, maybe starts the conversation for you with your significant other so you can work through these before the tension creeps into your relationship. So, Lee, thanks for your time today and appreciate you listening to My Retirement Clarity. Thanks again for the feedback and the push to come up with five additional bonus tensions here for you today, and we hope you enjoy the episode.
0: Lee, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody's not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know, and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show, and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.